The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, Saskatchewan's premier distillery, and by the Pilot Bowens Brewing Company, brewed in the heart of Regina. Welcome! To the Three Down Greencast, you are listening to the internet's only Trans-Canada beer, I don't even know where I'm going with this podcast, <laughs> I'm Joel Gasson with John Fraser as usual. As, you could uh, have said the internet's only Saskatchewan dozen podcast. Sure, we'll go with that, pretend I said that. Okay, okay, because we don't edit here, we don't re-record. <laughs> no, but, no well, I'm uh, not sure, I mean, even though we're five seconds in, I could easily just restart this, but no, this is what happens when... You basically change what you're going to talk about at the top of the show, like 30 seconds before you start talking. So <laughs> That's some real meatball behavior by yeah, us. Exactly. Yes. Meatball. There oh, we sorry. go. Okay. Ah, here we go. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we do have a lot to get to in this episode, of course, as always. Uh, the Riders won. What? They won against a very good team and did so in mostly decisive fashion. Yes. For a game against a very good team, we shall say. So there's a lot of positives to take from that game. And uh, game on, maybe. It's, it's there's, there's a lot to talk about from that game one way or the other, of course. Uh, bye week's coming up, so we got some, of course, things to talk about there. Uh, Banjo Bowl, Labor Day Classic on the horizon. Jake Dallagala looked pretty good. All kinds of stuff now in play now, thanks to uh, that big rider win over the Lions. So that will yeah. take up the bulk of our time. But as we wipe the Cheetos dust from our fingers, we have to first <laughs> discuss something that came across our desk today. Yes, and hilariously, I've sent this yes. to so many people that I forgot it was you that sent yes. it to me this you morning. You asked me, have you seen this thing? I'm like, yeah, I sent you this at like 7.30 this morning. 7.28 to be precise. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. literally, I, I sent that, and I'm sitting, I saw that, I laughed yeah. out loud, I went and did the rest of my morning routine, I, and as I'm sitting in the drive-thru getting my coffee, I'm firing this off to, like, every Winnipeg buddy of mine I can think of. Well, and knowing your drive-thru experience is there's someone in front of you ordering, like, $300 worth of product, so you oh, had time. Today, <laughs> it was, like, the people that don't know how to pull all the way up, so there was, like, ah. this tiny little Chevy SUV thing that was holding up the line because it was, like... It was like tiny Chevy SUV that, that wouldn't pull all the way up, followed by like truck, truck, truck. And I was in a loner RAV4 uh, myself today. But, uh, yep, so I had plenty of time to text everybody on my contact list from Manitoba. Mm -hmm. Because we are, of course, lovers of fine beer on this fine program. Mm -hmm. On this program. Um, it was sent to me by actually uh, Bryce, friend of the show, Bryce. Uh, the Trans-Canada Brewing Company has released uh, what they've called the Saskatchewan Dozen. <laughs> it's so good. So their little burb with it, it says, when it comes to football in Canada, we like to do things our own way. Our fields have 10 more yards, and who needs a fourth down anyways? It should be anyway, but that's anyway. That's all right. We'll, we'll, let, <laughs> we'll, we'll let that one go. Good idea. Um, then, of course, is where it gets good, depending on how you feel about it. Uh, in 2009, our friends from Saskatchewan pushed a little too far too far when they played a 13th man instead of the usual 12. You can guess where this is going. Um, it's effectively a 13 pack of beer that they've named the Saskatchewan Dozen. Um, it features 13 players in green jerseys on the cover. Um, a ref making the call and a player 13, of course, in the very front, uh, holding a football and a banjo. 
unbelievable. And of course, they are all Pilsner style, which I'm sure makes it quite delicious because this program, we are pro Pilsner, but like actual good Pilsner. Not 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 the shitty no. thing with the multicolored. Not, not, like, not something that's yeah. called a Pilsner, but isn't actually a Pilsner. Exactly. We do enjoy an actual Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, maybe the kicker with this, pardon the pun, I guess, is that this comes with a free penalty flag and whistle inside. <laughs> I don't know, especially heading into Labor Day and Banjo Bowl. I don't know if there's been a more brilliant marketing campaign. Because as you know, mm-hmm. TransCanada Brewing is based out of Winnipeg. And I've had a lot of their stuff, and it's been really good. So uh, I'm looking forward to this because as I sent off your screenshot <laughs> to all of my Manitoba friends, my one buddy, Mike, who I've been to, like, bomber rider games with jets games like he's kind of my like him and i are winnipeg sports refugees here in saskatchewan and we have bonded over it uh so mike goes my mom's coming out to visit i'll get her to grab us two packs so i am actually going to have in my hands delivered from winnipeg a saskatchewan dozen and apparently is they released this this morning so Uh, in Manitoba right now. The On Tuesday, fund- August 22nd, in case you're listening to this at a different time. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2023, in case you're really going deep into the back catalog <laughs> someday in the future. Um, so they released it, and right now, uh, Manitoba liquor stores are on strike because they have public liquor stores like Saskatchewan used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess my buddy Mike's mom went to the brewery, and she's retired, so she went right as they opened. Yeah, They were half sold out already. Like, this is just taken off like gangbusters. And I can assure you, the number one drink that's going to be consumed at the Labor Day, at, at any Winnipeg-based Labor Day uh, tailgate party, is absolutely going to be this. This is brilliant. I cannot wait to try it because they make good beer. And as you pointed out to me, and I'm on it right now, when you go <laughs> to the website for it, <laughs> it's got the 13th uh, Man clip. Yeah. So if you're a Ryder fan going to check out the website for this, oh. there there you, there is a trigger warning. Well, there should be a trigger warning, maybe oh, just in man. case, just in case that you 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 still can't find the humor in this. How many many years later? Oh man, and, and like I feel like like I feel like it, it it's they're releasing it at a time that it's been such a long time that people can kind of laugh about it. Mm-hmm. I would right? hope so anyway. Yeah, yeah, like you can kind of have a laugh about it. <laughs> I mean, obviously us us that cheer for the bombers are definitely having a laugh about it and yeah. buying. Because I'll admit, like, I remember even when I said it to you this morning, to me, I was like, okay, I'm like, it's fun, it's kind of interesting, it's kind of funny, but I mean, it's, it's a little, I thought maybe they were striking when the iron was a little cold at yeah. this point on that one, but I've thought about it more throughout the day, I've looked at it, now that I've seen the website especially, I'm like, okay, you know what, this is fun, this is cool, I, it's maybe maybe the joke's a little old at this point, but whatever. You know what? Someone is doing something sort of CFL related that is going to get a market and some people interested in something. So I mean, hey, and that's that that you can't argue with. That's great. Oh, a hundred percent. And I I think and I thought the same thing too. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you do this before Banjo Bowl? And then I remembered the just the mass amounts of Winnipeg fans that travel from Winnipeg for the Labor Day Classic. You know they're going to Trans Canada. They're stocking up on this, and that's what they're going to be drinking during their tailgating, and that's fantastic. It's almost like how I remember years ago when I used to attend the Labor Day. I will be at this year's Labor Day game, uh, thanks to uh, credit union dealer finance. But I remember years ago when I used to go, all you could drink was Pilsner. 
That was the thing. It was like the pink shit or the Pilsner. And that's all they would serve that day. And it was terrible and it was awful and I hated myself. And then Winnipeg would always lose. So uh, <laughs> this is cool. This is rad. I like it. Um, I hope maybe next year, maybe some of our favorite Saskatchewan breweries look at this and go, okay, we got we got to, we got to do something else here. Like, I, I don't know what you would do uh, with, you know, the Bombers being so good lately, but... The nice touches are like the penalty flag and the whistle. Like it's just it's yep. it's cool, it's fun, and it's better marketing than having your CEO in a sideline interview. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll maybe touch on that in a bit. But you know what? It's it's fun. Hopefully, hopefully it goes over well, and hopefully, um, hopefully it tastes good. I mean, that's really what I'm interested in at this point is that the product actually ends up pretty good in the can because otherwise otherwise it's really all for nothing yeah and i and like i said i'll i'll be able to it'll definitely be uh what i'm drinking in one of the podcasts here in the near future uh but anything i've had from trans canada has been an absolute hit and i've talked to several of my buddies in winnipeg uh same thing i was just through there unfortunately because of the liquor mart strike i was going to load up and bring it back home uh to me it is probably if I'm going province by province, you got you got Lake of the Woods in Ontario. Uh, to me, Trans Canada is the best coming out of Manitoba these days. Hmm. Fun fact for you. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if it's fact, but it's it's your opinion at least. Not that it matters. Ah! Uh, I knew you'd get there. <laughs> I didn't know how you'd get there, but I knew you'd get there. Fucking a gas. Yeah, lots of Ryder fans were as equally excited as John just was. Uh, following Sunday's big win over over the BC Lions, uh, a win that was arguably their biggest in a long time, and maybe, just maybe, could be a turning point on the season. So we'll get into get into that and a whole bunch more. But uh, since we've already been talking about beer, uh, John for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, what's in the glass this week? Well, I thought I was going to be angrier tonight, hmm. and then you and I talked to the preamble, and I realized, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, so I did come out double fisting, uh, one with our very good friends, uh, the Lucky Bastard Distillers. I have the Hascap Gin, Slice Lemon. What I did do this time, though, was I was actually patient for once in my life, mostly because I was still finishing my <laughs> glass of wine from supper. And if that doesn't show that I'm not fired up about some things that you're probably all expecting me to address, uh, having two glasses of wine at supper and being halfway through a glass of gin and having the patience to let the ice melt into that glass of gin proves that i really don't care anymore um but yeah i let it melt down really good and uh for now now we got this oh we get this sweet sound unofficial official beer of the podcast the pile of bones white ipa hmm. so does this make me your i don't know evil twin or something today because for me <laughs> i have what i believe we will call the official unofficial beer of the 2022 saskatoon men's spiel for team fraser uh, the Pile of Bones Black White IPA. The Black IPA. Oh, the Black IPA. Yes. Which doesn't taste like a Black IPA. And oh, man. Well, it tastes exactly so like a Black IPA. It just doesn't taste like what you would expect the dark beer tastes like. Well, well that's, and that's, that's exactly what yeah. it was. That's why I was so confused when you, when Pile of Bones, and again, this is, so to peel back the curtain, uh, Pile of Bones uh, definitely hooked us up for the men's bond spiel. We had so many beers to consume between me, you, Pricey, and Lukey that it was just, it was fantastic. It was awesome. They're a great sponsor. Lucky Bastard, also the same thing. Great sponsors of this pod. Uh, but the Black IPA, I remember sitting in Pricey's Golf Simulator garage, mm -hmm. joys of being retired, <laughs> or semi-retired, um, or joys of being an empty nester. Uh, and I cracked one, and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. Like, I've been, I, I am well in one. I've been drinking, like, 
lager the whole day and jump into a black IPA and it is not what you expect. So if you're like me and you're like, I don't like dark beers, mm-hmm. still buy this. It yeah. was it was if, delicious. Yeah, if you need you need to pour it out for like the full mind bending effect. Yes. of the genre because yeah you you pour it out you look at it and you think oh this is going to be like roasty and smoky and malty and no it's super tropical and juicy oh, and delicious it's, it's awesome so does that make you the night man and make me the day man i guess so i don't know oh uh, it's an always sunny reference oh yeah but you haven't watched that in so long i i, I know but you need to go back <laughs> you need to you need to just li- like listen to because i've now got my kids singing the high part of day man Ah, fighter of the night, man. Ah, champion oh, okay. of the su- hmm. the the only the only it's always sunny. I remember right now off the top of my head. It's because I watched it on airplane once, whenever that was a few times ago. Um, because it was on it was on like it was on like the Air Canada like package, I believe of oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. of like shows you could watch. Air Canada was WestJet, one or the other, obviously. Yeah. And it was the episode where they go to the water park. <laughs> and, and they all course, get stuck in the yeah in they the get line. stuck in the slide yeah and I guess then like Danny DeVito's character is talking about he's skipping to the lines by telling everyone he has AIDS <laughs> and then <laughs> they go Danny please the, the yeah pool. he goes down the one that isn't ready yet and it, like he cuts himself wide open and falls <laughs> into the pool completely bleeding everyone everyone freaks out yeah <laughs> I think that's <laughs> one of the rare times I like audibly burst out laughing on a plane <laughs> oh god it's such a good show. I remember, I remember going. Uh, I remember flying Air Canada back when I I used to travel with the Rush, and uh, I used to always just like pass out. But like the only mm-hmm. station that like had good enough music to just like zone out to, because uh, nine times out of ten, this is before they really had like USB and phone chargers on phones, so or on airplanes. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I'd always just pick like the EDM channel. So I'd be like having this great snoring, drooling plane nap while it's like do 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 that's all I remember from those old Air Canada entertainment systems on way too many early morning flights. See, I I sleep on a plane with nothing because the white noise of like just that is enough. See, I, I I did that too, but I ended up beside somebody every time, and they'd like be heavy breathers or a nose whistle, or I always like put in the earphones because the earphones are the universal sign of I don't want to talk to you on this plane. Fair I enough. Am pro- and, and and in fairness, if I was coming back from a rush trip. I can assure you I had an epic U.S. craft beer hangover. <laughs> like, I probably still smelt like the night before. Yeah. Uh, there may be some riders smelling like the night before. Oh, recently, yeah. As uh, they, get to, they got to celebrate an absolutely mammoth win heading oh, into a bye week. And it's, it's a win that we've all kind of been waiting for. Um, in the Craig Dickinson era, they haven't really had sort of the win that you never saw coming. Yes. Um, just like they haven't really had the win where they just sort of lay the wood to a bad team. Uh, they haven't really had the win because notoriously throughout the years, under many different head coaches, under many different times, when the team isn't necessarily great, every now and then they pull out that win that just leads you completely gobsmacked. Yes. And they finally had that on Sunday night against the Lions. It ended up being a lot closer maybe than it should have been, but I'm mostly going to give the... BC Lions a shitload of credit for that because seeing them in person now, I think twice even, that that offense, that offense is just fun to watch and is never out of any football game. And I remember partway through the third quarter, I started saying to some people, I even I even messaged Dan Plaster and he didn't agree at the time. I said, 
The Riders still need one more score, and that's when it was 31-13 because I was like, this Lions, man. and Because they, they, they kind of had that one drive where they started moving yep. a little bit, and I was like, the Riders need one more. And they ultimately didn't. They got lucky, and we'll get into that. But they needed that one more to really put that game away. But ultimately, it was it, that had that is such a a win that takes so much weight off the shoulders of so oh. many people within the organization, so many players, and heck, even the fans at this point, because everyone involved with the Riders from top to bottom, inside and outside, needed that win. Absolutely. You could not have said it better. And the thing that impressed me the most, too, it's not like that BC offense just willed them, themselves back in that game. This yeah. is not it's not like Saskatchewan. It's not like Jake Delagallo was out there making mistakes. It's not like the punts no. were getting blocked. It's not like there were special teams miscues. It was just this offense was like, yeah, we're going to get ourselves back into this with a banged up quarterback. So, uh, yeah, but but in terms of the riders play, you texted me early first quarter and I had a rare time that I was actually able to watch a majority of this game as well. I mean, from an outsider, again, you were there, you're covering it for three down. I'm just watching as a, you know, meatball podcaster actually in my basement, um, just watching objectively just to kind of see, okay, how's this game going to be? It was entertaining as hell. Yeah, it was a great football game. Great football game. you, You texted me in the first and you're like, I think the Riders special teams might kill somebody tonight. And it looked like that. Oh, you could tell. Like, like they, they across the board were fired up to play that football game. Oh, absolutely. The defense too, like it, it, and and full marks to BC. Like I think if that's any other team in the CFL, including Winnipeg, the Riders run away with that one. Like they played so well. Like that is their best performance in four years fair to say that like i can't think of another game that stands out that I'm yeah like, i mean yeah i guess in 2019 they did host the west finals so there surely was some games in there where yeah they put together complete performances like that but, yeah. but, but even those yeah. games I, re- I remember 2019 2019 was still had that bit of cinderella thing like they were yeah. you know they were kind of like the scrappy underdogs winning close games like they looked like a complete football team and jake dolla gala you and i were texting several plays and not we're not talking about <clears throat> The big plays, the deep completions, the splashy plays, some of the catches. Like, we were talking about those, but some of the throws he made in tight windows at the line of scrimmage for first downs to his guys were just like, just Mason Fine have a job when he comes back. Like, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm the Riders, if you no. play anybody but Jake Dollegal in the Labor Day Classic, you're on glue. No, I mean, there's, there's no question about that. Um, I'm not ready to fully jump on board. The, the Jake Dallagala is 100% better train. Um, but, well, I mean, I, I am, but that's kind of my thing, is yeah. I have really shitty quarterback takes and jump way too early. Yeah, and, like, no question, Jake Dallagala played an incredible football game, easily the best of his professional career, not that there's a yeah. high bar there. Um, but that was the game, and they needed it, and it was it was fascinating to watch. And, yeah, he without question, even if Mason Fine is healthy, I think considering the way he played in that game, he has earned another start in the Labor Day Classic. If 100%. Mason finds 100%, I don't care. Jake Dallagala deserves to start that football game. And then we can go from there to decide what's going to happen. If if Dallagala has another game like that against Winnipeg, against it, so these, because this is an interesting sort of experiment, I guess you could say, in real time playing out. Because Mason finds first two starts this year were against the BC Lions and the Toronto Argonauts. 
Yeah, like he, Jake he Delagala gets to turn that around and have his first two starts be potentially against the BC Lions and Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So yes. both of them got to play two of the top three teams in this league unquestioned out of their first two starts. And maybe even three for Jake if he gets to start the Banjo Bowl as well. So yeah. there's an apples-to-apples apples comparison here for the most part. Winnipeg isn't Toronto, but they're still both very good football teams with different strengths and weaknesses, of course. But it is still a very good barometer to see where Jake is compared to Mason Finest development at this point. So, Certainly. yeah, he deserves to start Labor Day. Um, Daryl Davis of the Green Zone and of the Leader Post slash Star Phoenix, he wrote that after the game. That it was like, there should be there should be no mystery here. There should be no gamemanship. There should be no, you know, flattery. Just nothing. Just, it should be Jake Dallagala starting that football game, no matter what the status of Mason Fine was. Because as much as I think we were all slowly starting to warm up to Mason Fine over his three starts, mm-hmm. Jake showed a lot more off the bat in one game right yes. away. And so that is worthy of at least another game, maybe a little bit more of an extended look as well. Well, and again, it's a great team, right? And, and and the biggest thing is, is he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't make bad reads. He threw the ball away when he needed to. Like He ran. Uh, yes. We didn't see Mason Fine run until game three. No, no. And then he blew up his hamstring. But it, 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 it all, like, he looked, he looked like what I thought Taylor Cornelius was going to look like this year. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Oh, no. I've just, I've cursed Jake Dalligan. <laughs> Jake Domagala and your family, mm. I'm sorry. I have laid the Fraser curse upon thee as no quarterback I've ever liked, dating all the way back to Ryan Dinwiddie, has ever done very well after being Fraser curse. So I do apologize. But uh, no, it was just it was the whole team played. Mm. And I, I always uh, you and I have talked about, you know, the the Monday barometer that that I work with a pile of riders fans and. I love the guys and gals I work with, and I, I love nothing more than talking football, if you couldn't tell, right? So mm-hmm. it really, that win to me really brought the fans back into it. Because I showed up at work at about 8.50 on Monday morning, and I don't have a very long walk to my office, but I did not make it into my office till 9.15, because everywhere I would stop was like, <laughs> did you watch that game? What did you think about it? What did you think about Jake Dalla Oh my God, the coaching. Well, this and this and this and this, and just like, when people like to me, that was that was really the big win. And and, and to me, like it, it, from a standings perspective, because let's face it, it's coming. It's going to come down to them in Calgary this year. Yeah. Right. Like Hamilton and Ottawa are eh. like, I don't I don't one, of, one of them will be good enough to be third in the West in the East. Sorry. But yeah, both of them won't be better than both Calgary and Saskatchewan. No, nobody. And because the way the CFL is this year. The Elks win this week. They are technically in position to cross over to the East if things really don't go well over there. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the CFL. That's actually that was funny. I think I I I I'm sure you were fielding these texts as I was fielding these texts, talking about the fact that it, it, they could find them. The Elks. The could Elks be, could go on a two-game winning streak out of nowhere and technically be in both playoff races. Yep. Well, and 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 like I <laughs> like I said too. Like I, I thought before this game, like this to me. This game was so massive because it had every vibe of the 18-wheeler falling off the cliff. Mm-hmm. You're playing the BC Lions, who I don't think anybody expected you to win. You're playing the BC Lions with your third-string quarterback while you're a game ahead of Calgary. Yeah. 
there wasn't much hope. You have a bye week, and then you have two games against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and I know there's a Labor Day history, so you're probably looking optimistically of a split with the Bombers. If Calgary does their job against Edmonton, which, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't, all of a sudden, you're no longer in a playoff spot. But this win was A, a statement win, and B, even if the worst happens, that would make me very happy as a Bomber fan, and I'm just about to phrase or curse my own favorite football team, including, well, I think I cancel out the Fraser curse by going to Labor Day because I've never been for a Labor Day victory in nine times I've been for Labor Day. Um, we all kind of thought that Winnipeg's got a pretty good chance to sweep. So even if they do, even if Winnipeg sweeps and Calgary sweeps, you're at five and five thanks to this. You're at five wins thanks thanks to this. Mm-hmm. And you're not, in, you're not up shit creek without a paddle in terms of the playoff race. So this win was absolutely massive. It was huge for so many reasons. And yeah, they they looked, and, and this is going to sound a little dumb, but they looked like a good football team that game. They did. They looked like the, the most complete football team we've seen for a very long time. Yes. Um, which is a positive all the way around, and I think reflects and is important to note that that reflects well on the coaching staff that while... And, you know, ultimately it comes down to the players to execute and the players to prepare themselves to play the game. The coaches have to set them up to put them into the right spot. And the fact that, thanks to some luck, quite frankly, we're not really talking about coaching, yeah. Um, uh, yes. is a good sign. Now, of course, there was a pretty serious blunder by Craig Dickinson late in the game that, frankly, probably should have cost them the game, but the defense bailed them out. Um, after the game, Dickinson did say that they were distracted by trying to make sure a guy wasn't lined up illegally, <sighs> which to me is also a pretty good reason to call a timeout. But yes, especially <laughs> when you have it, like, like yeah. especially you're under three minutes. It's not like you need that that timeout for your challenge. Like, like, or at the very least, are... if you look up and see the clock, take the illegal formation. You keep the ball at least. Right, yeah. right. Or at the very least, like uh, the thing is, is you can't expect Jake Dalagala as as a sophomore in his first start in a moment like that to have the awareness called timeout. No. Like, you you cannot put that on Jake Dalagala. That's why the coaching staff, it needs to be like the NFL, where there's a guy standing literally right beside the ref, ready to call timeout if shit's going sideways. And the fact that Craig Dickinson or, or one of his assistants or, or Jeffrey or somebody was not standing there to just, okay, we need a timeout here, we screwed this up, something's not right, that that's some dog water coaching. Yeah. To be honest. And then <laughs> you texted it to me and then you tweeted it. That defense went, nah. Yeah. We ain't losing tonight. That was no, like, oh, that was a response. It, it was it was and from the defense it was a trend that continued from the first time they played the Lions. Yes. In BC when they got after Vernon Adams Jr. There is something that Jason Shivers knows about that front in BC because he they get through there oh. and they if, if when these teams play again unless it's a playoff game Vernon Adams Jr. might just have the flu that day because he oh. he has not had a good time against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this year luckily for him in the league it doesn't appear he suffered a serious injury in either of these games but everything's building up it seems against these guys well I, I, I I'm trying to look it up but who was the name of the right tackle just like Anthony Lanier, I don't know if I've seen in any level of football 
outside of like high school where you got like a five foot nothing offensive lineman against a freakish six foot eight defensive mm-hmm. lineman that had his growth spurt early. Yeah, they, they were missing one of their best offensive linemen in that game due to injury, so uh, someone had to be plugged in, and it it, it showed. Oh, four holding an Anthony mm-hmm. Lanier. Who, again, is a guy I like because of the community work he's done, what he's done at these football camps, and just like, I, I'm I'm a big Anthony Lanier guy. Just, like, I don't know if I have seen a defensive lineman hand an offensive lineman his lunch like that in professional football. Yeah. Like, that was like, if you're looking back on the film of that, oh my god, you're just, you're burning that. Like, Lanier the entire night, even if he wasn't getting to Vernon Adams, he was getting, he was just getting through the line. Yeah. Like, and, and, and that speaks to the talent of Lanier, but more to, oh my goodness, that was like, that was a bad O-line play. And I don't yeah. pretend to be a coach, but. No. Like, ooh, boof, woof. No. And, I, and I think in the, you know, the, in terms of being fair. You know, we, we talked about the, the one mistake really Craig Dickinson made in the game. Right. Overall, to take that out, it was basically a flawless performance from the coaching staff. Yes. And I think a couple of things stood out as to why they were successful with it. Number one, I also do want to give Craig Dickinson credit because at the time, um, when they were called for roughing the passer on the one drive where the Lions cut the lead again. Yes. Um, I was like, oh, you got it. It was such a big play, or it was the pass interference, whatever, which, whatever call it. I think it was roughing the passer. I was like, you got to challenge that. Like, without yes. seeing a replay at him, like, given the moment of the time in the game and the importance, because I believe they had the stop there if that ball comes down and it would have been game over. So I'm like, oh, you got to challenge that. Then I saw the replay and I was like, oh, good thing Greg Dickinson didn't challenge that because that was legitimately a penalty. So yes. he deserves credit for not going fishing there because a lot of coaches, and he has in the past gone fishing. So that was the moment where like, no, I'm going to hang on to this just in case. Good. Well, I mean, especially when you compare that to Rick Campbell, yeah. who looked like me in Northern Ontario with a line in the water the entire time. Which is a very un-Rick Campbell thing to do. Which is, yeah. Which is also very confusing about that whole situation. But I think it's also important to give some credit to offensive coordinator Kelly Jeffrey. Yes. Uh, not, because, not only because of the game they called, obviously... Like that, Jamal Murrow's touchdown was just a piece of art. Um, if I you haven't I, seen that from far away, because I when they started lining up, I'm like, there was no one to our side of the field. So the press box is on the west side. There was literally not a soul in sight that way. <laughs> and as soon as he cut that way, I'm like, oh, touchdown. No, no. And the, thing I, the thing I loved about it too, and this, and this showed the kind of game that Jake Dollagala had. Yeah. And his recognition and his intelligence and his football IQ was the fact that as soon as Morrow, as soon as there was a block and Morrow was sprung, yeah. his arms were up. Yeah. Like, Everyone knew it. It was it touched down instantly. Like and, and and that to me, like if you're the quarterback and and you've I don't know if he changed the play at the line of scrimmage or he had a hot read there or something like that. Yeah, but the they, fact they, is They all did it. Like there's the great picture. It was actually for my the good, the bad and the dumb. Uh the writers provide a bunch of pictures post game for media to use. And it's the one, yeah, Morrow's running in and the offensive lineman has his arms up already. Like, I don't even think he's crossed the line yet. So, <laughs> uh, no, I am just, I've actually, I, now that I do research and, you know, have the mm-hmm. monitor set up, uh, I have your article up and that is exactly it. And yep. there's a very sad looking deep BC player. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, shit, I ain't catching him. But I think most importantly, perhaps Kelly Jeffrey learned something from Mason Fine's first start against these same BC Lions, which was. You're not going to nickel and dime this team to death. You're not going to beat this team playing safe. You got to go for it. And to his credit, they went for it. They got some help. 
they got some help with a couple of turnovers, especially that early one. And they scored on that early turnover, which I think was a key moment in that game for them all believing that they can do this. Yes. They come away from a field goal there. That's it's maybe an entirely different game. Who knows? But they capitalized off the mistakes that they made. And I think Kelly Jeffrey maybe wasn't the playbook maybe wasn't completely wide open for Jake Dalagala. But it wasn't completely locked down like it was for Mason Fine in that first game. No, and, and again, like I like the fact that they're spreading the ball around. Like mm-hmm. uh, again, Sean Bain's got nine catches. You you go on the like CFL stat site, and again, again, it's flawed and broken. But like in terms of targets, like Bain's targeted nine times, Amulus like seven times, and a couple. Oh my god, some of the catches he made. Yeah, like that one looked like a sure pick. Mm-hmm. Like that looked like the old RKO out of nowhere. Just boom, boom, high points ball, boom, done. Like, like I, it's funny. Like I don't even like. I'm not like I'm a Winnipeg fan, and talking about these things just excite me. Like I get, I get up. That was just a good football game. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoy good. Like this is. It's funny. This is such the opposite of the Montreal game, where yeah. the team was just like you could just tell they were just missing a step. They came out this game and everybody had that extra step. Yeah, it's like they had a week off and multiple days to prepare for this game. What? Yeah. They didn't have to travel all the way back and forth across an entire continent? No, yeah, no. It's, it's funny. It's funny. I'm sure, purely a coincidence, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm. Totally. Best rider game of the year. And, and, and again, uh, another, another, another entertaining home game. It's like, holy <laughs> crap. Like, I know the crowd yeah. wasn't, I know the crowd wasn't great. Uh, they announced 27 plus, so it ended up being yeah, pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, it ended up being pretty that... good, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. You, you, I know you had sent me a, a picture pregame, and I've seen some photos that are like, eh, it was a little meh. But uh, it, there's one thing you know is going to happen. Yeah. If you go to a Ryder home game this year, it's going to be entertaining. The win or lose, it's good. There is shit's going to happen, and it's going to be fun, chaotic, and that's really all you can ever hope for in a football game. Yeah. And if you're really lucky, you may get to witness them interviewing the CEO of the company on the sideline, <laughs> of a company on the sideline. I was in the middle of, I was trying to find the perfect combination of tweets and wrestling gif <laughs> about you adding that one to your article on TSN. Mm-hmm. But A, because I'm technically sometimes a contract employee of TSN, I'm like, ah, I, I don't know if I should t- tweet that one out. Yeah. Which, if I false my social media, I don't exactly pull punches. Um, but this one, I'm like, I don't know. I should probably bite my tongue on it. But I just couldn't find a good enough combination of joke and Chris Jericho gif. To, but I knew the second, the second I saw him on the sidelines getting interviewed, <laughs> that like, A, it's an in-game interview. B, it's with the fucking CEO of Save On Foods. I could just like... I just pictured you vibrating and writing your three downs on TSN at the same time. You know, strangely enough, I wasn't as mad about that one as the other two, especially the first oh. one in Calgary, which oh, that put, made that put a horrible, like, which made a horrible football game even worse somehow. At Sergio was four for four. Like we got that. Our boy it was, not, was good. It was not an entertaining football game to watch. Um, no, it, it was not. But Sergio was four for four, so that was, was good. He was. Yeah, our boy was good. Um. Because, number one, Savon paid for that interview. So, I mean, whatever. It's advertising, I guess. That's the way it goes. Right. Um, I will give Britt Dort a ton of credit. Um, you watched it closer than I did because I was yes. at the game in the press box. <laughs> um, she handled it well. She got in and of it quick. Dusty had a good line coming out of it. So, yeah. it was well managed as a broadcast for something that they had to do. 
But yeah, oh Dustin, my goodness. I, I like the fact <laughs> it was almost like, and I'll give them credit. Like I think Save On Foods got more value out of Dusty talking about how he used to work at Save On Foods. <laughs> <laughs> and Glenn Suter's like So like Dusty's talking about how he used to work at Save On, and Glenn Suter's like, Yeah, they got great prices. It's always good. I'm like, I almost feel like you could have just paid for Dusty to talk about that, but and, and you know what? Like you and I have done a lot of interviews. Uh, you hold your mic in front of somebody who's maybe not an athlete, maybe not somebody that talks a lot, and they just ramble and they go on and on and on and on. And uh, you like, know what? You, like if I don't, this is gonna really pull back the curtain, maybe a little too much. Like if you've ever interviewed Environment Canada's David Phillips. Oh. <laughs> yes, the, the guy. One thing- question. You have twenty minutes of tape right there. That's exactly it. Like it's like. <laughs> So Dave, weather, and 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 that's if you ever hear if if you ever hear David Phillips on the radio, uh, mm-hmm. a great interview, but b those ten second clips, yeah, somebody had to go through you know the other nineteen minutes and fifty seconds to that. So there's a deep cut for the uh, yeah. the the green uh, cast fans, but I'll I'll give him some credit for just like. He knew, like, Daryl knew he was there for an interview. It was like, boom, him and Britt were snappy. It was quick. It wasn't bad. Like, uh, but, and, and, but it's and still, I thought, you're still also, it's still, <laughs> it is kind of cringe and weird and su- super cringe. Oh, 100%. Having the yeah. CEO of a grocery company in a time where grocery companies are basically, um, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a way I can finish that sentence, but to have him on there, it just, yeah. Greasier was... than a used car salesman on the weird lot on the corner of some street and some other street. Fantastic. You did not say legitimate dealership or finance manager. I am no. okay with that analogy. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's TSN's insistence on, on the in-game interviews. Mm-hmm. When universally, and you tweeted it out with the perfect Simpsons reference, the Seymour Skinner. <laughs> no, it's the kids who are wrong. Yeah. I mean, I like, oh, it just make them go away. Like, just make them go away. So, uh, I can't wait till I'm forced to do an in-game interview with myself, Cody Jansen, and Galen Weston at some point during next year's lacrosse season. Oof. I. I don't know if there's any escaping that in any sort of good fashion right now. <laughs> so how's gouging going? 